Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. Hey, friend, Steve here. And Lars. And welcome to Going In Raw Dirt Sheets. This isn't Dirt Sheets At some anymore. point, we'll find a new name for it. There's so many things that we do, and then for whatever reason... We just haven't found 10 minutes to discuss a new name for the show. But it'll last a half hour to create new branding. We've had lots of good... <laughs> We've had lots of what? good... No, no, you're, you're right. Like It takes about a half hour to generate a logo, whip up like a little animation thing. You're right, it doesn't take long at all. It is kind of funny. This weekend, we'll text message back and forth. Mm-hmm. Some ideas for names. Okay. We'll come up with a name for the show. And it'll begin its own numbering. Matt Chat. Matt Chat. Oh, somebody mentioned that on Twitter. I know. I like that one. Matt Chat. Someone said, uh, like, pin, counterpin about move, counter move. Oh, move, counter move. How about chain talking? No. No. Okay, anyways, this week we've got a whole variety of, uh, of debate topics submitted by our patrons via patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson of the $20 a month. Patreon mark, you too can submit a video question and then be subjected to our YouTube comments where people can be none too kind to our video questions. But we love our video questions we do. because they spur debate for this show. We get to, we get to go one-on-one, mano a mano. Correct. In the field of wrestling. Debating wrestling. Yeah, wrestling. We, oh, go ahead. You have more plugs to do. Well, we got these shirts from ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash going in wrong. First up, we've got Mr. Jordan Carter. We'll see what Jordan has to say. Hey, friendos. So my debate question for you this week is, should SmackDown be the A-list show over Raw? Thank you, Jordan. So, I think... Oh, we're just going to get right into it. I truly believe, Larson, that Raw... Yeah, this is a position you actually believe in. No devil's advocate Steve here. No, I, oh, and so for some of these... Uh, no, these I, I pretty much believe most of these. I think, anyways. Um, yeah, we'll just hop right into it. Why not? Did you want to go first in this? No, one? you go first. Okay, yeah. Well, it's Monday Night Raw. It's three hours, not two hours. It's been the premiere show since the debut in 1993, I believe. And uh, it's always going to be that way. Sure, Vince McMahon showed up this past Tuesday on SmackDown and accepted a Shibata style headbutt from Kevin Owens. And I know that Vince is trying 
to uh, you know generate the type of ratings on SmackDown that Raw uh, enjoys, but there's still about a half a million view difference between the two shows, and that's because Monday Night Raw is ingrained in the minds of wrestling fans everywhere as the must-see show. Now, between you and I and our friendos out there, I personally prefer SmackDown, although I do believe right now, at this very moment, the top feud in all of wrestling is happening on Monday Night Raw. That's around the Universal Championship with Brock Lesnar and uh, Braun Strowman, and then you've got John Cena and Roman Reigns. They're all milling about the main event scene. I think those two feuds are the big money feuds right now. SummerSlam, the most fun match on the card, revolved around four Raw superstars, and uh, they have Sasha Banks, too. So... Raw is top show. SmackDown is always going to be B show. That's how it should be. That's how it always will be. All valid points. And yes, since its inception in 1993, Raw has been the mainstay, the flagship show of WWE programming. I agree. Um, But let me take you back. I believe it was to 2003, a small portion of that, when Paul Heyman's writing SmackDown. SmackDown was winning in the ratings over Raw because it was presenting a better wrestling product, just as SmackDown week-to-week is presenting a better wrestling product over Raw. The main difference, Raw is getting the, uh, the, the, the major names for the most part. You have Lesnar on Raw, Cena now, Reigns, um, Sasha. Um, <laughs> granted, they brought uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Bobby Roode up from NXT to SmackDown to bolster their ranks, but it, I, I feel like SmackDown, week in and week out, is the better written show uh, more captivating storylines, matches just as good if not better. All it needs was that little extra spotlight to push it ahead. Um, I mean, in all honesty, I don't think there should be an A show or B show. I think there should be two shows on equal footing. That uh, uh, we want competition. Yeah, but, that's, but if you want competition, you got you got you got to arrange it so the the shows are equally weighted. Right now, with Lesnar, Reigns, and, and Cena on Raw. That those are your two of your three main draws. Um, so SmackDown's at a disadvantage just right there. Granted, Vince shows up. You have Shane over there. You have Daniel Bryan. There, there are people over there that, that, that fans like. Two-thirds of them that I mentioned aren't wrestling. Um, that's a problem. No, all three of them aren't wrestling. Except, well, Shane does sometimes. Yeah. Um, that's a problem. Neither show, I would say, for the most part is doing an exemplary job building new talent. Sure. Um, Nakamura got Brendan was treated like a star immediately, which is great. His first couple storylines kind of faltered. Yeah. And he's involved in something with Ginger now, and there's, there's a distinct possibility that Ginger could hold that WWE title all the way till December when rumor has it WWE is going to India. But that's not going to do Nakamura any favors if he's in a three-month-long program with Mahal and he's going to eventually not win that belt. Anyways, I'm getting off base. Mm. SmackDown right now should be the A show. Because of the superior storylines. The writing is better. The wrestling is better. The character development is better. Just bring... Keep Cena around. Bring over Lesnar. Bring back The Undertaker. He was on SmackDown Undertaker. for a long time. Yeah, remember that time he came back and he was like... He's like, I basically said I bleed blue, and then two weeks later he was on Raw. <laughs> just saying, I can do what I want legacy. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I, just, I honestly feel like the SmackDown just had uh, more of a reason for the lapsed fan or the casual fan to tune in like these names they remember 
SmackDown could very well easily be the A show. Well, let me ask you that. But I, here, one, one thing, one more point. But I don't think it's, it's necessarily, especially now with the fluidity of, of talent going from show to show, there's never going to be a point, I don't feel like, where where if SmackDown is the A show, it's going to be the A show for a sustained period of time. Mm-hmm. Talent moves back and forth, changes in writing staff, uh, Vince's whims can change all of that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think ultimately, though, should be two shows on equal footing, um, equally weighted rosters in terms of, of, of depth across the card and across the divisions, and then let, literally just let it come down to performance of the competitors and, and the writing of the, of the creative staff. Let the best show win. Kind of surprising that uh, Vince hasn't allowed a big-name part-timer. I mean, Goldberg, Undertaker, Brock Lesnar. Oh, that's, we that's go to SmackDown. To go to SmackDown and just see if it's possible to raise SmackDown's ratings to the level that Raw is. I mean, here's the thing. In 2019, the WWE's contract with USA Network is coming up. That's $160 million a year mm-hmm. that, from what we've heard anyways, USA Network is not exactly recouping. They're going to have to ask themselves... Do we want the prestige of having the number one? I mean, there are obvious benefits to having the number one. Usually, Raw is the number one uh, show on Monday nights. Yeah, on cable. Yeah, on cable. Uh, SmackDown is usually number between one and three, depending on the night. Um, but WWE is going to have to in in two short years, less than two short years. WWE is going to have to prove themselves. They're going to have to prove to uh, the USA Network. Why are we spending this much money on on you guys? I'm going to say this though, going back a bit on in terms of talent development, the fact that Vince is in a program or was in a program in a segment with Kevin Owens seems to speak very highly of Kevin Owens. Oh, absolutely. The fact yeah. that Vince is, will take a headbutt, yeah. a legit headbutt from Kevin Owens, uh, means they have. I mean, it's, it's evident already that the company really likes Kevin Owens. Oh, they have high hopes for him. Yeah, it's things like this, yeah. like that. Getting these these talents that aren't as familiar with, or that uh, laps fans or casual fans, mm-hmm. not hard- hardcore fans, aren't necessarily familiar with, having them in programs with McMahon's yeah. or Lesnar or Cena. Yeah. So these the, the fans that don't watch every week can get familiar with them, yeah. have a reason to tune in, see how many talented wrestlers are in this company that don't get the mainstream exposure that someone else does, bring in new fans. And right now, SmackDown, I'd say, has the better options. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Owens, you have Nakamura, you have AJ. Guys have been around for a while, they've wrestled a while, they're really good at their craft. They just need an opportunity to get more crossover exposure. What is the thing that Triple H has said in over the past couple of years about the talent that he brings into NXT? What is his goal? His goal is, I want to bring in somebody for everyone. Yeah. You know, so that anybody tuning in to, you know, even Lacey, my wife, when I've got the TV on, she always asks about Dean. She likes Dean Ambrose. She likes Asuka. Um, there are a couple people that she, that, that, that she finds appealing. And I think Triple H bringing in guys and girls, men and women, of all varying body types. Mm-hmm. Dave Meltzer talks about Piper Niven. Yes. How three, five years ago, her body type would never be welcome in the WWE these days. It would. I mean, yeah, she's a yeah. fantastic competitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has a unique look, and that's where the, that's where it is. Um, SmackDown. I, I really believe that SmackDown will have a very specific role to fill once Triple H and Stephanie are fully in control. I think that Raw can definitely be your big marquee show. Well, right now it feels like Raw is very much Vince's show. Yeah, it does. SmackDown is more so maybe. Triple H or Stephanie. It, it has that feeling. I mean, 
if you want something for everything, then you want those shows to feel different. And like you said during your argument, there shouldn't really be an A show and a B show. It should be two A shows that are providing distinct entertaining experiences in their own way. Yeah. But you can't really delineate from an A and a B show. The bottom line is, historically speaking, because Raw has been around longer than SmackDown and because Monday Night is so is so associated with the Monday Night Wars, um, it, Raw will always probably be the showcase show and will always have that mystique about it. Yeah. Mystique because, about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, SmackDown is going to try to compete with Raw. It's definitely an uphill climb just to bring itself to, to even ground, much less surpass it. But like you said in the Daily Show uh, today... Right, Friday, the Bailey, the the Bailey yes. one. You said it'll take. It would take one hot story yep. for the 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 women's division to for be Bailey to get her main event match with Sasha Banks or a woman, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. anybody in the women's division. And I think that's the same. That could be the same for definitely SmackDown. It would take one solid story for the ratings, and I mean, some of that's based on who they're bringing over, but one solid program to bring that half million viewers that are watching Raw over to SmackDown. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Next, from Michael Berry. Yes. Do you have more to say? No, that's it. Let's see what Michael Berry has to say. What's going on, friendos? It's your boy, Michael Berry. And a quick question. Let's say John Cena never went to WWE, never debuted. Who would have been the John Cena if it wasn't John Cena? Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Interesting this question. Is, yeah, this is sort of a tough one. You want to go? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. You go first. I'm going to go outside the box here. I like this answer. <sighs> so, uh, it's Rob Van Dam. Okay. Um, immediately upon his debut in WWE after ECW folded, he was probably like one of the most three or four over wrestlers in the entire company. And he like, wasn't really but, doing before much. Before he even stepped foot into the company, he was one of the top yeah. three or four yeah. over guys. Yeah. Um, his reputation preceded himself. He was spectacular in ring. Um, I guess you would call him relatable on the mic. Um, his promo skills weren't transcendent, but you were like, okay, he's cool, he's mellow, he likes weed. That's that's neat. Yeah, man. But it was it's all about the power of what he can do in the ring, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. So let's say Cena never joined the WWE. So there's no Cena, no Cena in the record book. Yeah, no Cena's match against Kurt Angle, no ruthless aggression thing, none of that. Mecca Santa has erased him from history. Yes. Um, so there's a huge void um, come 2005 or so when yeah. Cena really started to jump up into the main event. Late 2004, early 2005. So I think it's 2005 he beat JBL at WrestleMania for the, the title. Um, Weary knew at that point that Rob Van Dam was incredibly over. Oh, yeah. He was involved. He was the Intercontinental title. He had been Intercontinental champion. He had been tag team champion. Um, and eventually, a year later in 2006, he would win the belt from Cena. Mm-hmm. Um, get him in a program. Because JBL was champ at the time. There's a story there. Yeah. You got RVD, the, the mellow, uh, marijuana-loving slacker type mm-hmm. against uh, Mr. Wall Street, mm-hmm. JBL. Yeah. There's a story. Build that up for WrestleMania. Rob Van Dam captures the WWE Championship from JBL there in spectacular fashion, putting on a match like only Rob Van Dam could do. And from there, he can ascend to further heights. He could be... I mean, yeah, the weed stuff might be an issue, potentially, for, for mainstream audiences. That's, that's, my, that's my main rebuttal to But you. there's a way around that. Maybe. <laughs> there is. I mean, happy Here, you just keep it on the You keep it on the down low for a while. Uh, like, now, like, weed's totally accepted. So now he'd be a huge, massive part-time star. Oh, big time, yeah. So, 
Right. Um, that's my pick, Rob Van Dam. I thought about like Orton, but Orton's better as a heel. Yeah. I thought your pick too, but again, I felt better as a heel. Well, let me go there. Okay, we'll go with me. I'm going to say, on this day, I see, see clearly, clearly that it's Edge. It's totally Edge. What you was think the, you know me. You, you referenced 2005, which was a seminal year for both Cena and my man Edge, because what was the hottest, hottest angle in wrestling in 2005? Oh, that was Matt Hardy and Edge, right? Exactly. Now, we saw... No question, I picked with Jeff Hardy. We saw in... Uh, no, you're better, with, you're better with Rob Van Dam, because Jeff liked his drugs, too. Um... Here's the thing about Rob Van Dam. Let me ask you a question here. What? What do you think Rob Van Dam would rather be doing on any given weekday morning? He must be on the Today Show. Would he rather <laughs> be on the Today Show? He'd probably be waking up in his hotel room and lighting a J. <laughs> I think that's probably what he would prefer to do. And Rob Van Dam seems like the kind of guy who would rather, you know, march to the beat of his own drum then go on the Today Show. But, you know, I, I, I know you're referring, at least obliquely or, or indirectly, to, uh, like, when you mentioned that, I think of the talk that we heard of, I think it was Kevin Eck talking about the meeting they all had about who was going to be the next top guy yeah. to replace Cena. Yeah. And that was one of the things they were considering, like, who's going to do all these mainstream media appearances with the title, you know, like, after WrestleMania, RVD would be on the Today Show or Good Morning America or something like that. Um, and... That was one of the reasons at the time they disqualified CM Punk to be the top guy because he mm-hmm. wouldn't be into that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Whereas Sheamus, who they thought could be a top guy, <laughs> would be more than willing to do that. Apparently, yeah. No, I understand that. Okay, so, but, I mean, but, so, but, so, but, so moving on, moving on. But if RVD, granted, I don't know how <laughs> how ambitious he is. Yeah, there's no way around this, dude. No, not really. I just think in terms of who the no, fans would let me, let me continue with Edge, though. Let me continue with Edge. So Edge was huge heel, hot heel, cashed in on Cena, New Year's Revolution, won the title that way by cashing in. And then what happened one month later, the Royal Rumble? Oh, three weeks later. <laughs> Lol, Cena won it back. Yes. Okay. Now, if Cena had been erased from history by Mecha Santa, um, the clearing would have been there for Edge, who we both agree was a magnificently charismatic heel who had neat things. amazing hot leader on his side, right? It would not have been... And, and granted, I don't remember because of the brand split, and I don't know what I was watching at one point and the other point. I don't know who was on what show. It seems to me that Edge has Cena-like characteristics. Not to the look, look, nobody is John Cena, okay? But in terms of when I look at the landscape of who could have filled that role? I mean, yeah, yeah, Batista, he went on later in life to be a, a movie star guy. At the time, he didn't necessarily possess at the, the time charisma. He didn't, but Edge totally did. And you see him on that mic as a heel, and he was able to get all that great heel heat, but he looked amazing, and Lita looked amazing, and he was going to have her finish him off in that chair and that ring on that mm-hmm. episode that we did for Going in Review tomorrow, or two days from now. Um, and, I, and I know later on, and I don't remember, he probably went back and forth a bunch of times. I don't remember at all. But he was a face later on. But at that point, John Cena had solidified his, uh, his role as top face in company. And nobody, nobody would even come close to dethroning that. But Edge was holding his own over on SmackDown probably or Raw. I don't know. Raw, I think you're on Raw. With the, uh, with the big gold belt. And uh, and you saw how popular he was with the fans when, you know, obviously he had to retire when he was feuding with Alberto Del Rio. Again, a lot of it's a blur to me. However, I do think that if you go back then and you take Cena out of the equation, I think it's not out of the realm of possibility. He also had, he also had uh, 
I mean, not in the end, but uh, the mutant healing abilities that John Cena did. Remember, he got injured, came back to the Rumble early, same as Cena did, I think, a year or two later, or earlier, I don't know. Um, but I think Edge had everything, the looks, the mic skills, the in-ring credibility, probably even more than Cena. Um, he had all those tools to be top guy in company. Yes, better answer than mine. <laughs> I'll guarantee you, Edge would much rather be on the Today I could see him on the Today Show. Oh, I'm sure he did it. <laughs> he probably did. So I think, yeah, my, my answer is definitely Edge there. Yeah, that's better. I just wanted to, I was trying to go with the outside the box. Answer. Oh, I love Rob Van Dam. I love Rob Van Dam. I think it'd be funny to, for, him, to, for him to wake up in the morning. You know, yeah. You know, maybe he blazes up, maybe he doesn't. Yeah. And then goes on the Today Show. Yeah. Hey, and does a totally mellow interview. Oh, are you guys doing weather still? I'll do the weather. Yeah. Five star weather report. From Rob Van Dam. Uh, yeah. Weather from Rob Van Dam. There you go. Back to you, Matt Lauer. Uh, speaking of Matt's, we have Matthew E. Williams Esquire up next with a video question. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, friendos. So I got a real simple uh, question for you guys and debate for the show today. Uh, you have British Strong Style in NXT. You have the. Look, I'm going to call them Sonic. I refuse to call them the Undisputed Era. It's stupid. Anyway, uh, you've got British Strong Style, you've got the Dishonored in NXT. Who deserves to be called up to the main roster first? Certainly, Mustache Mountain has got a, a, a very helpful bit to the tag division. Who wouldn't love to drag it again on the main roster? Uh, singles competitors wise, Adam Cole probably is the bigger name. Uh, but Pete Dunne seems to be more uh, used to the WWE style and audience. So, who comes up first? Who comes up first? British Strong Style or The Dishonored? Thank you, Matthew E. Williams Esquire. Man, wow. British Strong Style. Undisputed Era or... Well, based, you know, on, based on the name of, the, of your stable, I mean, the answer is obvious, but that's not the lone consideration here. <laughs> right, exactly. You go first. Okay, well, obviously, as you know, I'm a big Anglophile. I love... I, I think of myself as an adopted son of England because I spent four of my most glorious childhood years there as a child. Uh, and uh, so I'm going to go with British Strong Style. You and I both cream over Pete Dunne. Every single time he's on WWE programming, we think he is the absolute bee's knees. Mm -hmm. We think he's tops. Add Trent Seven with all the charisma in the world and the Steve body and Tyler Bate. Uh, I, I think British Strong Style. I think all three of those boys are absolutely ready for prime time, the big stage right now. Uh, I think Pete Dunn. I mean, dude, the, the kid's 23 years old. Tyler Bates, 20. I think Trent Seven's like my age. Yeah. I think he's an old bastard. But, man, those three together, bring him up to Maine. We wanted Pete Dunn in the new Evolution stable. We wanted to see that happen. I say bring British Strong Style up uh, and uh, let them run roughshod in an invasion-type angle, perhaps. Um, I would love to see that. Uh, the Wing of Honor guys... It's, it's, it's too early for them. They're too small. They need to hit the weights, throw around some serious weight, get on your weight-lifting plan perhaps might help them. Um, it's too early for them. British Strong Style, they've been laying in weight since their WWE debut back in January in the U.K. tournament. Now is the time. You go ahead. Um, 
No. The Undisputed Era needs a new name and then send the SmackDown right now. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because they're old? No. Adam Cole. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Old Bob, no, Adam Cole's Bob, 28. Yeah, he's 28. Um, he's not 21. Adam Cole is the most decorated Ring of Honor champion of all time. Yeah. He's the only man to ever won the Ring of Honor title three times. No one else has ever done that. Um, oh, Bobby Fish is my or He's 37. Um, so, granted, Ring of Honor is not the exact same as WWE, but to uh, reach that level of success on one of the, 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 the largest wrestling promotions here in the United States means he got some talent. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Cole's a good wrestler, great on the mic. Um, Kyle O'Reilly's a great wrestler. Bobby Fish, great character work, yeah. great in the ring. Yeah. Years of experience. Um, and they have been wrestling consistently, uh, especially this last year, um, in the independence in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Something uh, British Strong Style guys haven't necessarily done. Yeah, in the United Kingdom, yes, but not here in the States. Ah. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's one problem with, with WWE not launching the UK show in a timely fashion, is you had these guys you built up really well during the UK tournament and, and the aftermath, and they kind of disappeared for a while. And they pop up here and there. And then, you know, we're fans of British Strong Style. We get excited when we see them, but we want to see more of them. Yeah, yeah. Whereas we get to in the Ring of Honor TV every week, and there's Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> um, uh delivering super kicks to everybody. Yeah. And I want to see that in the main roster. And I think Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish are ready for the prime time. Spotlight. Right now, yeah. Adam Cole is a star. He's got narrow shoulders, but he's a star. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, we, we, we poke fun at, at Undisputed Era being kind of small, and they're all, like, around six feet. Five eleven, yeah. six feet. Yeah. But like Kyle O'Reilly's built. Yeah. Bobby Fish is built. Yeah. Adam Cole's a little svelte. It's because he has narrow shoulders. You know, I just realized. Shave your beard, grow your hair long, even with your hairline, and now with your new body, you're Adam Cole. Baby. I think my shoulders are broader than Adam Cole. So regardless. <laughs> um, but that's, I think that's one thing. That's one of Adam Cole's strengths, though. Is is he's been in the ring with people that are larger than him, mm-hmm. and yeah. he always holds his own. Yeah, yeah. Always holds his own. Yeah. And I wouldn't send him to Raw, because, I, I mean, I like Adam Cole, but I, it's, not, <laughs> it's simply not believable having him face Braun Strowman or Brock Lesnar. <laughs> then the SmackDown, where his opponents will be yeah. AJ Styles. Makes yeah. sense. Kevin Owens. Done it before. Oh, imagine that. Done it before, yeah. Kevin Owens. Makes sense. Yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura. Dream match. Makes sense. Yeah. Send those guys to Sammy SmackDown. Zane, yeah. yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Those are all matches that would be great. Makes sense. There's not the size disparity. Send the SmackDown. They're ready right now. Mm-hmm. You can do it right now. The only reason they're going to NXT is to develop, develop their brand, a la Bobby Roode, a la Shinsuke Nakamura. They're going to spend a year there developing their brand. <laughs> to man, they go. But they're ready right now. Whereas right. I feel like the British Strong Style guys, as much as I love them, they really need to develop their brand. Yeah. I mean, the hardcore fans love Pete Dunne. They love Trent Seven. They love Tyler Bate. But outside of that, they need to develop their brand. Whereas... Ring of Honor guys, no, they can go right now. All right, they're brand secure. Hey, look, I'm sold. You turned me around on that. Look at that. Just send the SmackDown. Don't send me that. Definitely not believable. Uh, let's see here. Oh, next up, we've got. Uh, how do you pronounce this, Who's Mr. S. Ball? Mr. S. Ball. That's what the email was uh, was signed as. All right, let's see what Mr. S. Ball says. Friend knows it's glorious. S. Ball there, all the way from the good old UK. Got a simple question for you. Just wanted to find out what you think Bobby Roode will be, or where do you think Bobby Roode will be one year from today? I personally believe he'll be feuding with the likes of AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, and Shinsuke Nakamura. 
possibly main eventing next year's Survivor Series or SummerSlam, potentially capturing the WWE Championship by that stage. Definitely not by WrestleMania. I think it'll be AJ versus Nakamura. What do you think? Where do you see Bobby Roode one year from today? Thank you, Mr. S-Ball. So... This is the, we've sort of talked about the Bobby Roode scenario, the Bobby Roode situation on SmackDown currently, which doesn't look great. So uh, you have traditionally been kind of a pessimist thinking that he would probably stay face because Vince just probably loves that glorious song. Yeah, he thinks he loves the glorious song. He sees Bobby Roode's theme is wildly over with the audience. Yeah. And he's probably content having a wrestler whose song is incredibly over. Yeah. rather than developing a character. I have been optimistic that this is prelude to a great heel turn, a big swerve that is in the plans. Uh, who's going to go first? You go first. All Wait, right. you went first last time. Okay. But I have these, do I have our positions here correctly? Uh, or do I need to switch I'm it? saying, no, I'm saying he's going to turn heel. You're gonna okay, sorry, first, yeah. I think. Okay, that's fine. Because you've got to believe that. Yeah, I don't want that to happen, but yeah, I think the yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm every 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 indication is that the 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 plan as of now is for Bobby Roode to be a face. He uh, recently wrestled his last NXT show. What did he do? He said, "This is your NXT." Oh yeah, this isn't mine. This is your NXT. Face turn NXT is prelude to massive face run on the main roster. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. The glorious song. It's fantastic. I love it. It is over with the crowd. I sing along like everybody else, even though Bobby Roode's supposed to be a heel. doesn't matter. The song's that good. He's that good. We like heels anyway. Yeah, we, en- we appreciate good work. Yeah. We do. Um, I've, Vince, in my mind, seems like he uh, feels like, okay, this guy's over because of his theme song. Um, why why uh, potentially instill any measure of confusion in our audience by having this guy with an incredibly over theme song Work heel. Mm-hmm. Let's just have him be a face. It should be a license to print money. Right. The problem is on SmackDown, uh, the top of the card, there's already uh, two massive faces there in the name of Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles. Um, but there is kind of, outside of Jinder Mahal, Kevin Owens, there, there, there needs to be another top of the card heel, especially with Baron Corbin being punished. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, Bobby Roode, put him right in there. Perfect. Have him answer AJ's uh, U.S. title open challenge. Launch that feud that'll last you through the fall. Uh, Roode can take the belt off him. AJ can go into a title program with Nakamura going to WrestleMania. It makes all the sense in the world. That's not what we're gonna get. We're gonna get. Uh, it seems like Bobby Roode face Bobby Roode against Dolph at Hell in a Cell. That'll probably take us to the fall. And going into Mania next year, Bobby Roode will probably be wrestling a heel U.S. champion, maybe Baron Corbin. Mm-hmm. Um, in WrestleMania, maybe he'll get the U.S. title. Next SummerSlam, um, by that point, he'll probably be wrestling on the pre-show because face Bobby Roode. Wow! Just, I love Bobby Roode. He's great. But the, the, his character in NXT was so good. Okay, so yeah, let's... Hold on, I'm not done yet. His, face, his character in NXT was so good. I think from my perspective, his, his work in NXT was so good. It's going to be really hard for me to accept him as anything else. Mm-hmm. And it's not exactly fair. I will admit that. Because he is good. He can get stuff over. Nonetheless, I've seen in my mind what is prime Bobby Roode, and I want to see that again. And anything less is going to be an utter disappointment to me. And I kind of wonder, though, the glorious song is over, but unless he's given some interesting stuff to do as a character, it's just the song that's going to be over. 
people need something to connect with with Bobby Roode. If he's just in the ring smiling and posing and singing glorious, that's just not enough, I don't feel like. We need more. And without more, I just I worry that, yeah, he'll get a modest push uh, in the mid-card. Uh, the Vince will, see, will, will, will think he's not connecting with the audience in the, in the way he wants and then send him to the pre-show. That's my worry. I don't want that to happen. Bobby Roode deserves all the success in the world for all the hard work he's put in and the immense talents he possesses. And I want to see him reach the greatest heights, and I think by doing so, he needs to do what you're going to say he needs to do. So continue. All right, so let me ask you this. Let me preface this by this. I'll, I'll say this. So the question really is, where will he be a year from now? And so we can say this. Will he be over or no? Do you believe a year from now he's going to be over? Well, his song will be over. But will he be over? Depends if you're doing. saying that he's in the pre-show, that's a no. That's a fail. Because I'm going to say the opposite. A year from now he's going to be WWE champion. That's what I would like to have happen. Let me ask you something. How many failures have there been on SmackDown? And I know there's been some. Ty Dillinger. Um, but hold on. Is Ty really a failure? Or is Ty simply fulfilling the role that they think he's best at? Do you really think Ty's ceiling is much higher than what it is? Um, I like Ty. You like Ty. But can he really – is he is his ceiling really title holder? I don't know if it's necessarily title holder, but it's not constant jobber. Look at the success rate of SmackDown. They've made WWE champion out of Jinder Mahal. And at this point, I'm sorry. It's fairly believable. Okay? They've, I don't think you have to apologize for that. Okay, well, I know people out there might be like, ah, gender, blah, blah, blah. But I think that he's a believable champion. I think he's a believable world champion. And I know, he's got people cheating for him, but come on, that's a longstanding tradition. They do that. My bottom line is this. SmackDown has a pretty decent success record. They do. They took Breezango, turned them to the fashion police. They're wildly over right now. They have the New Day. They've been running with them. They took the Usos from being my le- my... my most wanted to be released act, and now they made them my must-see tag team, okay? Uh, they've taken the Ascension, and they've given them personalities in the very few times we've seen them. They're getting Aiden English over. Kevin Owens is the foundation of the show, and he's doing killer work. AJ Styles is amazing. SmackDown is the main roster show that I look forward to every single week. The yeah, show. Sure. It's the A-show. It really is. So SmackDown has a damn good track record. We're going to do this. This is what they're going to do. The glorious song, regardless, was going to be over from the get-go. You can't have a heel Bobby Roode out the gate. It's impossible because nobody will accept that out the gate because he comes out to that awesome theme song. Everybody, every NXT debut is over anyways. So why are you going to have him debut as a heel? You're not. So you debut him as a face. His first feud is he takes on Dolph Ziggler, okay? Dolph Ziggler is on his way out, so this is merely a way for, for them to get Bobby Roode over even more as a face for his eventual swerve as top heel in company. Who's top heel right now in the company? In the no, company? It's on, 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 on SmackDown. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, okay. But Kevin Owens at this part, at this point rather, now that he's mixing up with the McMahons, what is he? He's above belt, right? So we need somebody at that point, we need somebody more believable than Jinder Mahal as WWE champion, even though I like Jinder, and that man is Bobby. Baron Corbin. <laughs> hey, man. man. Bobby Roode. He's not me. me. 
that man is Bobby Roode. He's going to slip past the U.S. title, and he's going to go straight to the Again, this is what I want to have happen. I I am just not hopeful that's the the case. The success rate on SmackDown lends it, should give it, in our eyes, benefit of the doubt. Here's a question you need to ask yourself, though. How hands-on is Vince when it comes to Bobby Roode on SmackDown? And if he is relatively hands-on, if this is something he's personally invested in, does that change your perception well, at all? Well, okay, here's the thing, though. Anything that Vince has, I'll counter this, anything Vince has his hands on, it don't matter if it's getting over or not. He's getting a prime spot. He's not going to be on the... You think Vince's hands-on with pre-show guys? Yeah, it's a good idea. Bring him down to the pre-show, and I'll no. deal with him. No, there. I know, I know. So he's well, not... Well, here's the thing. If I, Vince I think, is hands-on, he's not out of the pre-show. I think, I think... Well, I mean, that's a year from now. I mean, a lot could change in a year. Yeah, I don't know. A lot can change in a year. The only person I think Vince is hands-on with that their their fate is sealed as top-of-the-card guy, regardless of what happens, is Roman Reigns. Because Vince has made his personal mission to make Roman Reigns the next John Cena. But Vince is obsessed with making a crossover uh, PG-type big-money-making guy. Bobby Roode's not going to be that, nor, no. nor should he be. He's no. going to be top-of-the-card smackdown heel. Because like you said earlier with uh, Brock Lesnar and Adam Cole... You know, uh, Bobby Roode is much more believable than Adam Cole is with Brock Lesnar, but still, he can he can run roughshod over guys like AJ Styles, over guys like Sami Zayn, over guys. But also, like, the uh, Bobby Roode character in NXT was such a tactician, such a strategist, yeah, that he could devise a way to take down nearly anybody mm-hmm. I would, and, I, and no, make it believable. And I'd totally be fine with him on Raw fighting Samoa yeah. Joe, fine all yeah. those guys. Yeah, but I believe that he is going to be top heel on SmackDown. I firmly I would believe love that, that to happen because I think the track record is there. You just have to have faith. Well, that's when that heel turn happens. I'm going to text I you. will be the first to be popping in my on my couch. Well, no, you're going to be second. I mean, if it's just you and me, I get the feed earlier than you do. Okay, but nonetheless, I will be sitting on my couch watching it by myself, yeah. and I will pop. Oh, okay. So first in your room. Yeah. Okay, I got you. So yeah. I'm not going to be sitting here watching it with you. No, that's true. We don't do that anymore. No. Yeah. Uh, next up. See, I want what you, your scenario, that's what I want to have happen. I, want, I, want, I'm, I have faith that it's going to happen. I'm more pessimistic. They're they're they're, they're booking smart these days. Look, not everybody can get time. Not, Fashion police, yeah, they got to go to two hundred five live for a segment. That's okay. Not there's not enough time for everybody. And you know, I love Ty Dillinger. His ceiling isn't in the championship round. I could have told you that back on NXT. I did tell you that back on NXT. Proved out. Book Ty is NXT champion. Fortunes could have changed a little bit. Uh, next up, Adam Mayhem, the champ. He has a question. Let's see what he says. Buenas tardes, Friendo University. Bienvenidos to another edition of Chit Chat with the Champ. Now, Stephen Larson, debate question. So, you're starting a new company. And you have to choose, obviously, one of you pick each side and debate. You can either have a really, really good talker. I'll, uh, let's say Enzo Amore, but just like Enzo doesn't have the in-ring capacity to do to have great matches, or you're going to have the other end of the spectrum. You're going to have the one that can have great matches, but his character work and his, uh, and his mic world work is, eh, kind of like Jason Jordan. So, Make it easy. 
you're going to start a new company, who would you rather start your company and build around? Jason Jordan, who can give you great matches but subpar promos and character work, or Enzo Amore, who's going to give you good mic, but eh, matches. All right, guys, take it easy. Thank you, Adam Mayhem. Thank you, Adam Mayhem. Uh, oh, yeah, so uh, what do you want, a talker or wrestler? I already wrote it down here. Yeah, I know, but for the people, they can't see that. Oh, okay, you go, well, yeah, you I'll, go I'll, first. I'll get talker, yeah. yeah you go, go first. first. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, well, what do we like in wrestling? We like characters. We uh, like people who can relate to us, who can speak to us. Therefore, what you want is uh, a damn good talker. Did I like Stone Cold Steve Austin for his uh, ability in the ring? No, he had a busted neck by the time I came around and started watching. I liked him because he talked like this, you dumb son of a bitch. Uh-uh. I liked him for all his, everything he would say, his attitude. Now i got to beat that DTA. You dumb son of a... Oh, really? You got to beep out the B word? Yeah. Ah, you dumb son of a bitch. I said it twice. Uh-uh. Anyways, that's what, I, that's what I go to, man. You go to Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's what you want. You want a guy who can talk crap and then fake it the rest of the way. Enzo Amore, they're not even trying to fake it with him. They're just coming out straight up and saying, this guy can talk. Uh, but here's the thing. I wouldn't necessarily want an Enzo Amore because... Uh, when he talks, it's just way too long and he doesn't say a lot and, and it seems, seems to be kind of a turd in the locker room. So you don't want that. But yeah, look at, uh, for example, okay, Samoa Joe. I love Samoa Joe in the ring, okay? Vicious striker. He's great. But what do we always focus on with Samoa Joe? When he always gives those amazing promos and he's, got, he's the most verbose guy in the industry and he talks like he's a character out of Pulp Fiction. That's what you want. And then you get in the ring, you can just throw a bunch of strikes, you can fake it till you make it. That's what I'm saying. So you go ahead. You go ahead and try to convince me that I want Bret Hart on my roster. Well, no. He, uh, Adam Mayhem used the example of Jason Jordan. I think that's a great example. Give me the wrestler, the the, the ring technician. Shibata. Yes, and that's a good. I'm happy you brought up Shibata because here's the thing: in New Japan, they don't rely on promos. Their character work is all done on the ring. And while Jason Jordan on the main roster hasn't exactly de- uh, delivered a quality promo. He did do some decent promo work in NXT, but all his in-ring character work, along with his actual wrestling in the ring, has been very good. Mm -hmm. Give me someone in the ring who can tell a story. Give me a quality wrestler. I don't really care if he can drop a promo. Cesaro has gotten over based on his wrestling ability. Pretty much solely. And he's been over for three or four years because of that. Uh, Like, we don't know what they're saying in New Japan when they drop promos. Doesn't matter. People we like are over thanks to the strength of their characters, their character development, and their storytelling in the ring. Give me a good in-ring storyteller who's a good technical wrestler. I will take that every day over someone who just talk. Okay. Good. Yeah. I mean, the, honestly, the answer is in between. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> you know. I mean, I, okay. Let's, let, I'm trying to think of a different example here. If you offer me up, who's the best talker? In not in the WWE, who's the best talker in the WWE? I think Kevin Owens is. Kevin Owens, yeah, but he's a terrific wrestler. Yeah, I know. Okay, because I'm looking at a guy like Ricochet, mm-hmm. who's pri- if I was starting a company, if I was starting a company right now using only guys not available, not not signed to the WWE, Ricochet probably be number one. And what do you know about me and Ricochet? You're very pessimistic about his promo ability. I, I think his promo abilities are not impressive at all. But my God, 
he looks like the greatest human being that ever lived. And he wrestles like And it. he wrestles like the most amazing, like, cartoon ca- action figure character ever. He's amazing. He is amazing. Absolutely. I would take Ricochet. And then I'd, I'd sort of sprinkle in some good talkers around. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do with the company. So, yeah, I'd probably go with what you're saying. But... That's only in the case of Ricochet. But also, it depends on what your company is. Like, WWE, they rely a lot more on promo ability oh, than sure, other yeah. companies do. Yeah. And so, you know, they might put an emphasis on promo ability that other companies, like New Japan, where there's not as much promo work being done. Um, you know, so the emphasis there isn't on talking as much. I mean, it's on your in-ring ability and telling stories in the ring. I, I'll say this. I'll say this. If we're sitting here in Sacramento... And we say, hey, you know what? We're, we're going to start our own company to compete with those Supreme Pro Wrestling guys, okay? Chances are we're not going to have, if we get 20 guys in front of us, I'm not sure any of those 20 guys are going to be putting on five-star matches mm-hmm. because we're like small, local, can't afford much. Yeah. But if any of those 20 guys, who are all probably pretty comparable, if any of those guys stand out personality-wise... Then that's probably where you're going to be going with to start a new company if you're poor. Yeah. So, like I said, it all depends on what you're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Patrick Sparks. We'll see what Patrick has to say. Hey, friend, knows Pat here. So, got a question for you. Curtain call. It's very infamous, very famous, but we all know what happened. But Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, left the WCW. My question for you is. What if Shawn Michaels and Triple H had left to go to WCW instead? Uh, would it have been beneficial for their careers at the time? Do you think it would have been beneficial for WCW? Obviously, it wouldn't have been as beneficial as the NWO, but I want to get your opinions on it. Thank you, Patrick. Interesting Patrick. question here. Yeah. I love I love doing the uh, the what if what if what would have happened if. Yeah, Paul and Nash in this area. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I've thought about still, I've thought about pitching you on a show. I think I've mentioned we, we've this talked before. about this several times. Yeah, this is, we don't have time in the day. Uh, but like a pretty show. But then they kind of the, the the guys over there at What Culture kind of do. Well, the, they do the how how it sh- how this should thing should have been, but booked. it's not like completely different scenarios. That's yeah, what the what if show Take would be so and so out of the equation. Like well, we here, did earlier we, with John Cena. We can pilot this this show right now. All right. Patrick Sparks suggests uh, we talk about. What if Shawn Michaels and Triple H had jumped ship to WCW instead of Hall and Ash? What would have happened? Well, you go, you go ahead and you tell me. I'll what tell you happened. what happened. Not much. Okay. In 1996, when uh, 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 Nash and Hall went over to WCW, here's what's going on with HBK and Triple H. HBK was WWE champion. Mm-hmm. He wasn't leaving. Yeah. Wasn't leaving. He had that spot firmly established. True. He was top guy. Yeah. He was more or less the Roman Reigns of his time. He was getting pushed regardless of what the fans Hold thought. Hold on a second. Before you continue, you can't approach this question saying that HBK wouldn't have gone. In 1996, at that time? You have to say he would have gone. What All would right, have fine. Okay, he would have gone. In 1996, he would have gone. He would have said, no, Vince, I don't want to be your champion. I'm out of here. <laughs> They're offering me three me million and, guarantees. Me and Paul... Even though Paul just left WCW because he wasn't happy, he's <laughs> going back. A year ago. Yeah, yeah, a year prior, he left WCW because they didn't want to push him as a singles yeah. competitor. That's terrorizing. Well, how about this? Okay, here's the scenario. Vince goes up to Triple H. The curtain call. You're fired. And then HBK said, well, that's my good buddy. I'm going to go with him. You take but the reason there title. was a curtain call is because Hall and Nash were leaving. Yeah, I know, but they would have found a different reason to do that. Hall and Nash were staying. So uh, HBK. No, how about this? How about this? Nash says, Nash says hey. 
hey, uh, WCW's offered me a lot of money. I prefer making not a lot of money. So I'm going to stay here. Raise your money. You should stay with me because you can be a big champion too. He says, okay, Chico. And then, but instead, Bischoff goes to HBK and says, $3 million. You are in control. And then you can bring Triple H with you too. And Triple H is like, yeah, I'm pissed off because Vince is, uh, is, 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 is not treating me well. He's got me doing this French effete thing. And so he goes back to WCW for a lot of money. So that's HBK and Triple H going, what happens? Well, there's no NWO. Triple H wasn't the massive star he is now. Mm-hmm. So he wouldn't have made the impact that Hall and Ash would have. Granted, HBK was a pretty good, pretty good sized star, yeah. but it would, it would not have been the same. Triple no. H, Triple H might have been the most impactful human being in the modern age of wrestling, if you think about it. Like, in terms of what he's done to the company now, mm-hmm. and... Like his all his politicking and whatnot back in yeah, the day, yeah, yeah, for various you know reasons here and there, yeah. But because he you know he ran through everybody else, the reign of terror, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but at the time, nineteen ninety six, Triple H was just a mid card guy. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think he might have been Intercontinental Champion at some point in ninety five or ninety six. Mm-hmm. But that previous WrestleMania before Hall and Nash showed up in WCW, he got squashed by uh, Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Um, so Triple H going to WCW would have had virtually no impact in terms of that's kind of true the Monday Night Wars yeah HBK that's a different story but with HBK and the mid Carter coming over to WCW is not the same <laughs> as a former WWE champion plus a former multiple time Intercontinental champion it's just not the same the impact's not the same I love HBK yeah. he's my favorite wrestler ever yeah. it just wouldn't be the same impact here's the thing. especially if at that point HBK had not been WWE champion yeah I'd love to argue that there would have been a massive sea change, but I don't think I can. Because here's the thing about HBK. He's not very big. And WCW had all those old guys, and you know those old guys are all really big. So I'm not sure HBK would have come in and just started like doling out super kicks to everybody and laying claim to titles. Like you said about Triple H, I, I, I have all the faith in the world that he might have been able to find his way. I mean, look, NWO's Eric Bischoff's idea. Yeah. And but you know, Holland Ash executed it. So let's say that the NWO did get fired up. Yeah, I know, with HBK and Triple H, yeah. So it'd been the same. Would have been I mean, I'll put it this way. Maybe WCW would have died sooner. That's a possibility. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, it's not like the NWO if the NWO didn't exist, they probably just would have it would have hastened their death even quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. About the NWO, they wouldn't. I don't think they would ever competed. Yeah. In the ratings. Yeah. Our our show would be much more cool than this. So here's okay. Here's the premise of the show. It's not. Let's actually see what would have happened. My my my. The pitch of the show is this. I want to take how Marvel Comics used yeah, to do. Yeah, the What If comic. Yeah. The What If comic. And here's the thing about the What If comic. They always went to really drastic conclusions. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what I would do. So anyways, well, yeah. I mean, I, I think saying WCW when it went out of business in 1998 rather than 2001 is a pretty drastic you know, conclusion. The, the bigger, yeah, I know, exactly. That's why it'd be fun. The bigger, the bigger question would have been, because we do know this, Eric Bischoff wanted to go after The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. So what if HBK and The Undertaker? Yeah, that would have been pretty that's massive. That's a much bigger Was it, deal. Didn't Undertaker come up with the American badass character to use in WCW? Oh, I've heard right. that. I don't yeah, know if that's true. Be. That could be. Because like, he was courted. Yeah. I don't know if he actively considered it or not. Yeah. There is the distinct possibility that WCW would have botched their use. Oh, completely. yeah. Yeah. Look how they handled Bret Hart. Yeah, I know.
Yeah, Please but watch. Brett was really bummed out at the time. Man. I know, but still, you ha- you sign him, and after oh, happens in Montreal, and you don't have him on TV for like a month. Yeah. That's dumb. I know. You have him on Nitro the next night. Yeah. I don't care how heartbroken he is. Wow. Get him on TV. Put a mic in his hands. Let him drop a promo. Ratings bonanza. That's what you do. Undertaker. Legacy. Uh, Eric Bischoff. What is this clown suit you want to put me in? That was great. You, you're going to be Hogan's henchman. <laughs> you're going to be the Hulkamaniac, too. I know. Get out of here with this. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Don't you know I have a legacy? I am in control. All right, Lars and Sniper, power rankings. So what do we do these power rankings on this show? It is always involving something power-oriented or involving power. Theoretically, yes. So last time we did literal power. Yeah, actual power. Today we're going to do power slams, since Braun Strowman power slammed uh, Brock Lesnar again, right? Right, exactly, yeah. So we're going to say who has the greatest power slams in wrestling history. Well, where would Braun Strowman's power slam One or two. Oh, wow! You're immediately launching him up to the top. Yeah, he's got a great power slam. My legacy. The only one that can compete is British Bulldog in my mind. Okay, well, there's power slam, but can we just add, because I don't even know of any others. What about body slams? Well, power, uh, uh, Wolfgang does a, a pop-up power slam. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, would you consider Jeff Cobb's power slam a power slam? It's yeah, like it a is. reverse it power is. slam. It is, yeah. Jeff Cobb, number four. Well, I'll put him at three. Two. Jeff Cobb, two. Really? If anybody, if anybody out there hasn't seen Jeff Cobb's uh, reverse power slam thing, it's amazing. That dude manipulates inertia better than anybody I know. Oh, I know. It's insane. He can, like, you know what? take a 200-pounder or a 300-pounder and just... Out of midair, and they go exactly in the opposite direction. One, Braun Strowman, best power slam ever. Ever. He's massive. What about about the the, the body slam competition? Big John Studd, power slammed Andre the Giant. No. No? Two, British Bulldog. Why did you say no? Two, British Bulldog. Three, Jeff Cobb. All right, name two others then. Who else has power? Oh, you got to go on Google now. Fun of doing it, man. Running power slam. Randy, I hate Randy. Oh, you know what I like about Randy Orton's? Is that oh, we should put Masao on there. He innovated the power slam. I haven't really seen a Masao power slam. I'm not that well educated in pro wrestling. Oh, we got to put Mark Henry on there. Oh, yeah, he had a good power slam. The world's it, was, strongest well, slam. it was the world's strongest slam. Did that make it number one if it was the world's strongest slam? Do you really think it was the world's strongest slam? At the time it was. Okay, there has to be number one. Number one, Mark Henry. Okay, Mark Henry, number one. So we've seen number five. Uh, okay, I'm going to look up the term power slam. That's what I just did. No, best power slam. Who does the best scoop power slam in wrestling according to Reddit slash squared circle? Gold Dust. Oh, wait, what's this one? What about Randy Orton. He does no. the power slam. I like, I like Orton. I like Orton's because the dude's head, like, is gra- that grazes. Yeah, he's about to take somebody's head off. Okay, Orton it is, number five. All right, fine. I think that's a good list. To recap, best power slam, Mark Henry, world's strongest slam. Mm-hmm. Number two, Braun Strowman. A lot of people are saying uh, Samoa Joe. Yeah, his is good, too. Okay. It's kind of the same thing as Orton. Mm. Uh, number three, British Bulldog. This finisher for a while. Okay. Four, Jeff Cobb, Tour of the Islands. Oh, Reverse yeah. power slam. So number five. Yeah. Nice. Five, Randy Orton. Okay. That's a solid list. That's definitive. 
I yeah, say. I think so. That's I think I'll, I'll list. be more than happy to release this publicly and, and, and well, I guess we are. It's stand, it'll stand up. It stands on its own, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a real list. It's a great is. list is what it is. It's, it's very real. Uh, very good. Anyways, let us know what you guys think in the comments about all this stuff. I'm going to try out that show. I'm going to write a script, but I want it more produced. We have no time for that. No. I'll get tired of it after like three weeks. When yeah, because it. it involves writing and actual production. It's hard. <laughs> and it takes time. And we don't oh, have time. Oh, man. Anyway, I just feel like I did very good in my debates today, but whatever. Huh? Well, you know what? You tried, man. It's okay when you get out on a limb. You were wrong about everything. No, I was right about Undisputed Era. That, was, that one I felt good about. Hey, you know what? You turned me around on that one. Yeah, I was right. I firmly believe British Strong Style, and then what you said about Undisputed Era, they're small and old, that you're absolutely correct. I felt good about the wrestler one, too. I was right there. Uh, Actually, the last three I felt good about, because if Shawn Michaels and Triple H got WCW, nothing would have really happened. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, I didn't argue that. I didn't argue against that. I know. I mean, there's not really... Therefore, I want that argument because you didn't offer a counter. I guess. You're probably right. I know I should have. Anyways, I was too obsessed talking about my show, my new show idea. I mean, I'll do it on my channel. you okay if I do it on my channel? Whatever. Really? You don't want in on that? No, I think it's a good idea, and I think we could do a good job with it, but if you want to super produce, that's just, it's, it's, we don't have the time for it right now. Ah, oh, man, we'll make time for it. We'll hire an editor. Somebody will edit for us for free. No, they won't. He wants to edit a show for free for us. I, all sorts of people raising their hands right now. I feel bad about that. I want, I want to pay people for their work. Anyways, we have more to shoot because we produce a lot of content. We'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Your words? Less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.